Fandom Fair with Sam and Midge. And we have two guests in the studio today. Uh, would you all like to introduce yourselves? They're our favorite guests. Hi, it's Joe. And Sean, the favorite roommate. Sean, the favorite roommate. <laughs> Could you give me the weather, please, Sam? Oh, yeah, the, the weather right here in Montclair is currently 36 degrees, and it feels like 30. We're going to have a low of 20. So put on a jacket. It's quite it's chilly outside. It's not really windy. Like yeah, we we know. walked over here. You know what I meant. At least uh, like at least on campus, it's really bad if it's windy. But it's not windy yet, so it's not terrible. But wear wear a, a jacket. So we're back from break, and uh, we're all, all a bunch of losers. So what do we do on break? <laughs> we watch TV. Hard things. Well, we watch TV, and me and Joe spend a unhealthy amount of time together. I wouldn't say unhealthy. It's not unhealthy, but we do spend a god-awful lot of time together. <laughs> but a lot of things came out uh, over break. And I want to talk about the highly anticipated, because we brought it back up in uh, October, Security Breach. Security Breach. So we're going to start off with FNAF Security Breach. Uh, with thoughts and comments and ideas. So uh, it's unfinished. It is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an unfinished game, which I feel like Steel World just kind of felt pressured to, um, to put out a game because people were dying for the FNAF game. It's nothing like the trailer. Uh, the trailer seems to have a completely different story on what happens in the game. Um, and do you want to give like a quick rundown? Uh, so essentially what happens in the game, we um, are introduced to Gregory. And he it, at the beginning of the game, you see like this whole um, thing with the the new animatronics you introduce to them through like a like a cutscene almost like sort of like a commercial and at the very end of the commercial we see that uh freddy kind of collapses we don't know why that happens actually it's never explained and then for some reason gregory's in his stomach well like the little compartment it's really weird i don't know why he's in there um so he's in there like a a little freak he is and so the point is that for some reason Gregory's being chased by the security guard Vanessa, and he's like, "I can't let her find me." And Freddy's like, "I'll help you get out." Because I'll help you, superstar. Superstar. <laughs> because <laughs> that's how Freddy. That's how Gregory is. So Gregory and Freddy begin their journey through the pizza plex, avoiding Vanessa and the other animatronics, Roxanne Wolf, Montgomery Gator, and Chica. Who is Chica? Super, who is uh, yeah. And, f- well, yeah, that's all. Of Chica. No, Vanny. Oh, and Vanny. And Vanny's a thing. Who Vanny, who is Vanessa. Kind of, maybe? Kind of. We don't know. We don't know. We get we a straight answer. Well, uh, I'll just say this. It's from Help Wanted. It's, like, pretty much implied that uh, William Afton somewhat controls Vanessa and the form of Vanny because uh, Vanessa was a playtester for, um, uh, like, the Freddy Fazbear Entertainment when they were making Help Wanted the game. And MatPat doesn't have all the theories out, but he's going to talk about that. I believe he's talking about that next thing, because there are hidden therapy tapes in the game, which... I, I, did we all watch Markiplier's playthrough? I did. Yes, I watched too. Yeah, so we all watched... What, you, did you watch Markiplier and someone else? I, I don't know who the first one was, but then I watched Markiplier afterwards. The first one... The first one was pretty weird, because... He didn't fight Chica, and he also left as soon as it hit 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, like, I felt like Markiplier was, like, the better one to look at. Yeah. Also, 
Markiplier died a lot, which was kind of frustrating, and then, like, didn't really look after the CDs either. Yeah, like, so Mark didn't go after the CDs, but I, I didn't watch um, MatPat play. Uh, I haven't watched him play any of the FNAF games. I watch more Markiplier play it, but MatPat's talking about the CDs. Oh, yeah. In the game, um... And Peepaw Afton is at the Peepaw. Peepaw Afton is at the end of the game because oh, he always good. comes back. He always comes back, and it makes me angry. Pee poop Afton. Wait, do you know the meme where it's like the granddaughter looking after the grandmother, and then she says something absurd? Yeah. It's like, yes. Yes. oh, that's nice, Grandma. Time to get to bed. One after I always come back. <laughs> that's <laughs> nice, dear. Guys, now let's get you to bed. Do you know that one? Uh, it's the screenshot from a Ghibli movie where it's the girl like wheeling the other girl and she just goes Yeah, that's <laughs> she, just, she just dumps the wheelchair. Yeah, that's that's what I would do to people <laughs> Um, so I'm I'll, I'll just like give like a quick rundown of the game. So basically if you do like the full ending um, Like the I guess like what is considered the best ending which is called the reunion ending is where you dismantle all, th- all The other three animatronics and get their parts. So Roxy's eyes Monty's um, claws wow. and Chica's beak and then you also have to play all three Princess Quest games. Oh, that's tough, which yeah. the ending is apparently you unlocking Vanessa's soul Something from like being that. trapped by William in the Help Wanted game. So that's why she's at the end of it. And yeah. basically, you defeat people Afton again, but he probably always comes back. He always comes back. Um, He's like Palpatine. He came back somehow. Which. Please don't get me started on the sequels. <laughs> the amount of times on the show that I have complained about the sequels is like ridiculous. But we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about the <laughs> right now. Um, and the good ending is the reunion ending, which is Freby, Vanessa, and Gregory. And I really like Matt Pat's theory on this is that it's all three of the Afton children. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Though, I. I mean, you two. I I called it with the Gregory being an animatronic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with. You. At first, I wasn't sure, but like after watching Matt Pat's video and also what you said, I totally agree with your theory. Gre- Gregory's uh, animatronic. I can see maybe Vanessa being Elizabeth. Yeah. I'm I'm not like fully on the theory, but I do like the whole like it's the three Afton children, and I like that maybe Michael Afton is. Uh. Freddy, which would kind of explain the beginning of the game and also some of the dialogue um like yes. when you're going down into the abyss oh that stuff's weird the ending's very confusing once yeah. again it's clearly unfinished because markiplier even brought up what the ending said it's just comic book sequences <laughs> it is they didn't have the budget <laughs> they literally like didn't they like ran out of budget or ran out of time yeah and just i don't know slapped it on like, I, I thought Security Breach was good, but overall really disappointing. I yeah. think... Okay, I have, like, two comments on it. Mm-hmm. I liked how they brought the free roam aspect into it, mm-hmm. but I think that took away a lot of the scares. Well, three comments, actually. Then I liked how they kind of, like, did, like, allusions to the first few games, or, like, you were kind of stuck in the office, one, when you're fighting yeah. Monty, whatever, whenever you fight Monty, mm-hmm. and then also all the way at the end with Afton. Yeah, and, like, what, you're looking at the cameras and stuff. I like that. Yeah, I liked how they kind of, like, did the illusion towards it, but also, I think the best thing that came out of the game was the memes on TikTok. I think that's the best thing that came out of Security Breach. <laughs> Vanessa. Vanessa. I can't, we can't say, like, half of the memes. We cannot. No. <laughs> Vanessa, I threw up. I, Vanessa, I threw up. I threw I threw up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, 
gonna cry about it. <laughs> also, Vanessa, I'm gonna rub some dirt in your eye. <laughs> oh my God. I, I think the best, like, as soon as I said uh, Freddie Fazbear, I just thought, like, wait, go superstar. Um, was that it's like a, to preface this, we're not being homophobic, we're literally all gay here. We're all we're people all calling Freddie Fazbear a gay bear is like one of the funniest it's things. It's really funny, where it's like. All you girls be like, oh my god, let me be your superstar. He's taking his prescription yasification pills. <laughs> Limp so wrist, he got arthritis. <laughs> oh my god. Ah. It's funny. Overall, I feel like the game was pretty... Like, for what it was, it was definitely half done. Oh, hot take of the century, I know. But what do you mean? And, 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 and here's, like, one thing, Sean, because you brought up that the free roam aspect took away the scare. I think they could have done it. Because immediately I thought of Dead Space. Oh, yeah. If you want to do free roam, just make it claustrophobic. Yeah. Oh, even like, yeah. Even like more Silent Hill. Like make it. Like they made the spaces so big that mm. you like it took away the scare. I think the scariest part is the map bots. Yeah. It felt oh, the god that spooked me every time. Take a map. Take the this way, map. Here's a map. <laughs> the way it was so open. Take this map. <laughs> free map. Take a map. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about maps. Where's the map? Where's, where's oh my map? god, that map sucks so much. Oh yeah, like the map is continuously broken. It's so bad, dude. I, just the multiple playthroughs I've seen of it, like nobody can really understand where they're going at stuff. any point in the game. Joe, so you, you, you had something about the free roam? Yeah, like, I mean, the free roam could have been done really well, like Dead Space or Silent Hill or Outlast 2 was mm-hmm. a really, really good one. Outlast 2 is phenomenal at scaring the daylights out of me, but... It felt more like a zombies map, like a Call of Duty zombies map. Yeah. It was so like there were spots where it was open, there were spots where it was narrow, but it was never too narrow that you felt stuck. And also, can we talk about like the security cards? Where like, I think that was a reference to Doom. The security cards. Yeah, because they're color coded. <laughs> but like, I'm not in some of that. Like, it just that, that mechanic doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's really weird. I think it was just like a half baked reference to Doom. They're like, haha, Doom. Yeah, I don't know. I like there's it, there's nothing behind the level ten security thing. There's nothing there. And like Mark, really? Mark brings yeah. up a really good point where there are just sections of the game that are empty. Like it feels like there's supposed to be thing like uh the whole like theater thing in, oh, in yeah, the daycare. The super weird. I I think one of the I think one of the best parts of the game is the beginning when you go to the daycare. Yes, yes, yes. I think that is one of the best parts. Like the most well done parts of the game is. Mm. The I don't want to say fight, more like the escaping of Moondrop, I think is the most scariest, is one of the scariest parts of this game. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I, I feel like watching Markiplier, like, f- security breach is just more frustrating than anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Monty fight seems super frustrating. Um, It's super confusing to do the Chica fight. And yeah. I think Roxy's was kind of the best done. Like when you're when she has no eyes and she's chasing you, and you have to get her to jump at the doors. Yeah, I like the partially broken doors. But Mark stumbled onto that part before he even got to mm. that fight. Like he just stumbled into the Roxy boss fight area. It just it's just it's really a half cuffed game. I think Roxy they put their whole back into it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you could tell that Roxy got the most love from the developers in terms of, like, character and in terms of, you know, gameplay because she was the least frustrating. Like, you have all that space and nothing to do with it. You end up with a problem. Like, I'm going to give an example. Like, wait, like, a lot of space, but they use it well as the game Days Gone. Not the best game, not the most polished, but they do use the horde mechanic 
with all the um all the infected like the zombies they use it well because there's so much open space in an open world they crowd it with like these hordes of low you know low health high damage enemies they it, it makes the game tense it makes it scary it makes it like you have to run away sometimes and it's like that's a good use of a lot of space. I don't think they use their space very wisely. Because like, like I said, because I was thinking about like if I were to play Security Breach, how would I do it? I would definitely do the Monty fight first. Yeah. Like the fact that Mark did it, Monty, after. And he, he like killed that fight, though. He yeah. killed that fight. But like I feel like the Monty fight is so unnecessarily hard. Like, Chica's is definitely the easiest. Because you just have to hide. Like, you just have to make the pizza and hide from her. And then, well, no, you have to get the Monty mix. <laughs> yeah, the Monty mix that uh, uh, Mark mix. couldn't find. I remember, <laughs> I remember messing Sam over Bray, where I'm like watching Mark player do this is so frustrating. <laughs> I wanna, f- I just wanna get the Monty mix for him. I will do it for him Dude, at this point. I'm getting lost in like the dryer room when the, the door, <laughs> when the door was right there. Oh my god! But once again, that's just like it's bad development. That yeah. like. That, that's that's one thing that really annoys me about Security Beach is nothing is obvious. They like, they. I'm not saying to force feed it, but like they don't give clues on where you're supposed to go. There's no like I said this to you guys. There should be like waypoints and stuff. Yeah. Yes. So like, you know where to go. If you don't know where something is, it should be marked on your map. Well, the map thing doesn't work. Also, map thing sucks. As well as the story isn't really great Good. because Ooh. we talked about you talked about in the beginning how like we don't really know like one why Gregor why uh, Freddie just like fainted in the middle of his concert and how Gregory got inside his stomach and even at the end of the game when it's like six o'clock and like Gregory is like more children are gonna go missing the, yeah, where missing, was that the missing children thing is never brought up yeah, the it, entire it game and I know that there's like yeah. lore stuff like the little like Faz watch like we you can read like lore stuff yeah correct me if I'm wrong but I don't remember anything about missing children I remember them getting rid of all the security guards and bringing on someone who wasn't uh who wasn't, qualified yeah but I don't remember missing children. Yeah, nobody brings it up again. That plot line gets dropped quicker than Jotaro's in part five. But thank you. <laughs> also, Joe, I have a great idea. I think you should 3D print like the outline for like the Faz watch and give it to Claudia for her Apple watch. Oh my god, that's a great idea. I see people do that on TikTok. They're ma- <laughs> like they're 3D printing like just like a, like a case for their Apple watch, but it looks like the the Faz watch. I real I, I wanted to um. I wanted to get a smartwatch too, and I was like, "Oh, I was just thinking now I could do that too." But <laughs> I don't think that would go with any of my outfits. Your outfits don't go together in the first place. Moving on. Moving on. But yeah, it's uh, a radio show, not a roast. <laughs> <laughs> just security reach overall was right because I'm just I rewatched the trailer. This story is completely there. There's a voice oh. that is never in the game. Also, apparently that was I think that's William, supposed, supposed to be William, but he doesn't sound British, British does he? For some reason, the actors are British. They didn't, yeah, they didn't bring in his voice actor who I really like. So I rewatched that's uh, just a location. I can't remember his name. I he's really good. He's I, really I want to go back for a second. Joe brought up a really good point in saying that Roxy obviously got the most love mm. from the cast because Monty has no character. Yeah, he's just aggressive. And okay, here's my thing. Why is... I, I'm just thinking about this. From what we see, why is Chica the most animatronic out of all of them while the other three, or especially Monty and Roxy, have, like, 
sentient personalities. Yeah. Roxy feels the most... Ro- um, not Roxy. Chica feels the most robotic. Chica just eats trash, which is really weird. Mm. I'm the but, trash man. But, like, but even their voice lines, like, Monty and Roxy are about to jump Gregory. Meanwhile, Chica is, like, the most, like, our friendly security staff can help you. I think because they're new characters, like, Chica kind of has a base of a personality to work on. And when I say that, I mean that she has the history of being an animatronic. I think they took, because these are new characters, they went way up with, like, the creative free. They had too much creative freedom with new characters, but they, for- they kind of forgot they were in the same universe. They don't explain why these characters have such personalities. Yeah. Like... Like, they're not possessed this time. They're, like, they're not possessed. The like, only in- possessed things is, like, that big, weird, moldy, like, big, giant... Yeah. I think they call thing. it the glob. The glob, which is mm-hmm. weird. But, like... Weird. Because it's not even, like, the animatronic shut down at the end of the night, like the old like the old games. They're, like, up and around. Yeah. Like, Ro- like Roxy, like, ha- being, like, a narcissist. Why is she like that? I guess the only thing they really give Mocti is that... Oh, wait, no, we were talking about Chica. Well, anyway. We're talking about the animatronics. The, the only thing that they really give uh, Monty is that he's, like, difficult to work with. Like, someone, like, commented on, I don't know whose video, but, like, how, like, Monty has, like, a rock star attitude, and that's yeah. why he's well, like, destroying can, stuff. Canonically, he hates Freddy. But, like, why do, the, why do these animatronics that aren't haunted have such visceral emotions and personalities? Yeah. That's not explained. And nobody comments on the peculiarity of this being a supposedly mirror world to ours, but there being, like, animatronics who are just straight up sentient. Like, these guys pass the, the um, what is the Asimov test? No, not yeah, the, I no, think it's Turing a, test, a, Turing test. Asimov. Asimov is the three rules, my my bad. But, like, yeah. these, these dudes pass the Turing test. Like, they're sentient beings. These are, like... Star Wars droids and nobody's like complaining nobody's examining like, this like, like this is like why hasn't MatPat like that's my thing why hasn't MatPat brought this up because this is not like it's not like any other animatronic that we've seen before in the series this is like that annoys me and like why is Chica the most robotic out of all of them like she doesn't really have a personality compared to like Chica I mean sorry uh, Roxy and Monty which those are like the really two things because you can make the argument hello that um you can make the argument that, uh, whatchamacallit, Freddy is haunted by, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Michael. Yes. Which I, I do like, I like that theory that Michael kind of feels bad for, uh, killing his brother, so he's come back. Yeah, like the, the family reunion kind of theory. Yeah, like the family reunion ending, and Matt Pat brought up the interesting where Gregory is eating a, uh, Golden Freddy mm-hmm. ice cream. And uh, Vanessa is eating a regular ice cream cone, which might Elizabeth. be which might be a parallel to how Elizabeth died. Oh, because she got ice cream scooped by baby. No, no. Well, well, baby hands. Mm-hmm. I, baby oh, has yeah. like the ice cream comes out of her chest. It's an ice cream cone, mm-hmm. and then that's when she scoops Elizabeth. But uh, and also, Matt Pat brought up in his theory, his theory how ice cream is kind of a big part of Baby's character, where she talks about the scooper. And, like, she brings up, up on, like, how it's, like, ice cream. Like, she's like, oh, like, it sounds like it'd be for ice cream. Isn't that so nice? But no, <laughs> it's not nice. It um, is for your insides. Sister Location is probably one of the best games. Oh, hands yeah. down. Hands down. Like, story, like, lore and story-wise. Though I'm, Gameplay-wise, too. But. Yeah. 
we both are, 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 are we all subscribed to the the theory that Ballora is Mrs. Afton? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I agree with that. Also, yeah. like Pizza Simulator is the scariest, probably because like I, I, me playing Pizza Simulator, I was just getting mad. Like I got scared. So yeah. I was like, I was bored. <laughs> yeah, like you get like the the scares are fun when they are once in a while like with the first game it was scary because it was new after a while it kind of grew on me i didn't get scared anymore two brought up the scares a little and then three and four were not very scary and then i like the vibes of three three is yeah. my favorite because the vibes are immaculate mm-hmm. i really like the dingy dirty stuff but i think the vibes in one are my favorite but then pizza simulator was like the the scary part here's why i think pizza simulator is scary and that is the um whatchamacallit when you're when this when you're scrapping, yeah. If you want to scrap or not, and when you're trying to keep the animatronics and you're looking up and down from the paper, I think that is the scariest because, yeah. you know, when I was playing it with you, uh, over break, and ugh, scrap trap is one well, that design's awful. Yeah, it's so it, ugly. It's just not good. And, it's ugly in a way that doesn't fit though. And two, like he is, he loves to move. Like I would look it down. I'm like, ah, back up, Will. Back up, peepaw. <laughs> Back up, peepoo. <laughs> peepoo. You poopy head. But yeah, overall, I think all of us were kind of disappointed yeah. with mm. Security mm. Breach, and they totally changed the story last minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what do you want to move on to? Sounds kind of like the Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, we're not going to sequels. No, no we're not going to sequels, we're but we are going walking. to Book of Boba Fett. Book of yes. Boba Fett. Something that's good. Woo! That's well we made. Um, so what, we're on episode... Four. We just finished four. Yeah. Episode four just passed. Um, mm-hmm. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. I'm loving Book of Boba Fett, which now Book of Boba Fett has... I'm going to do a hot take. Do um, a hot take. Saying you're a Boba Fett fan is now a good thing. For yeah. sure. You don't sound like a crybaby soy boy, which I love all these toxic masculinity <laughs> Star Wars fans being like, oh, they ruined Boba Fett because he's not like the biggest jerk ever. You can't get w- much worse than being a bounty hunter for a fascist, like... Government, yeah. Like, I don't know how much morally gray you can get than that. I don't want. What do they want? Yeah, like they want him to be the worst. (laughs) Yeah, like it. It really shows you that people don't want strong, because strong means doing the right thing. They just want badass. Mm Mhm. Like they, it's. I love Boba in this one. I love Tamara. He's really having fun with Boba. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love him and Fennec back and forth. Besties. Besties. My, besties, my besties. favorite. My favorite line thus far has been, <laughs> "But I'm the crime boss. He's supposed to be paying tribute to me." <laughs> That's the best. Li- and also, it's not like a bantha. Like a bantha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which that is. We have been so annoying with that for like the past <sighs> week. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. Me and Joe especially, because we just, like, we're just sitting there where we're, like, like a bantha, yes. Like, I have, there are days where I would, I would do that to Carly, and, who is not a human, and I will will expect, I will expect her to laugh. Me and Nick, we were just on Minecraft one day, and we just, we said that for, like, 15 minutes straight, we were just just going, like a bantha, yes. That's how I feel about, that's what I did to my horse, too, and then somebody killed my horse. Mason. Mason. Mason killed my horse. I don't know. I'm asking. Oh, I don't know. I got to do detective work. For now. you guys who have not listened to our show previously, Mason is my nine-year-old brother who is play who plays on our Minecraft server with us. I got to do some Thrawn detective work and <laughs> and deduce who killed my horse, Bobby Schmurda. 
Um, but I, do <laughs> I forgot that you named the horse Bobby Shmurda. Because he's fun. I love his music. Um, but I love the Tuscans. Very upset. Spoiler alert for Book of Boba Fett, by the way. Um, they killed the Tuscans off, which I thought was a not great mm. idea. They're silly. Y- yeah. Um, going on that point, I really liked how they kind of like humanized them. Yeah. Finally, because like, bef- in uh, episode. The prequel and like original series, like the Tuscans were just like Raider. They yeah, were they were, yeah, just like aggressive indigenous people to uh Tatooine, but like in Book of Boba Fett, like they see they had like kind of just like camaraderie and like can actually like yeah. talk and communicate and it's like a community. And well, like Bo- I, Boba and says he's like they took me in as one of their own. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, I really liked how they showed making the gaffy stick because we've seen like them making like lightsabers like a hundred times at this point. Yeah, we never know how they make the gaffy stick. I thought it was made out of metal. Me too. So, nah, like, it's made of wood. So like just seeing that like I wasn't like emotional, but I'm like oh my god, like that's like so cool that they finally showed something that wasn't being made a lightsaber. Yeah, like or like a blood. I don't yeah. think they ever showed us many blasters. No. I think another great a great scene was the scene where he gets revenge on the Nikto bikers. Like, at first, I was like, oh, I expected that. Like, I was happy that he blasted them all, but the look on his face, that's that blank stare, that That, cold look, was was just that tied the scene together because it really kind of it it, it was a twofold thing. I think it was, you know, doing what's right by, you know, destroying, uh, you know, well, rather incapacitating bullies and people who will do no good for society, but also, like, you know, in Star Wars because it's the outlaw west not like in a civilized world we should not but like I, I think that's a nice reflection on how much boba has grown because yeah. he used to be kind of like that yeah and the blank stare it's like this revenge didn't fulfill me like i just did what's right but this wasn't this didn't feel good this also, wasn't like a feel-good revenge mission just like a, a cool i like the pike train yeah uh, oh that episode was so cool that was a really cool episode <laughs> reminds me a lot of um like spaghetti westerns like yes uh, it, it gave me, uh, God, what was that movie? The the Brad Pitt movie, I think, The Last Samurai. It gave me vibes of like that, but also like a western, like The Magnificent Seven. Here and also, I just want to bring up because like, well, I had a lot in my brain before I forget. Things I didn't like so far is that I felt that the Tut twins have been were misused. If that is the last of them, yeah, that felt kind of pointless. I was like nothing. It was a nothing thing. I mean, you got Black Chrysanthemum from it. Yeah. Um, which I, thank God they're actually going to use him. I really yeah. thought. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be a bodyguard finally. Yeah, because we were talking about that la- like we were when we were in the uh, living like room making dinner or something. Yeah, yeah, last weekend we were talking about like, oh, bro, why did that? that was like some misuse. He's coming back, so that's good. Um, but the twins were misused. I really hate that chase scene. Nah. That feels like it's going twenty miles an hour, but it's supposed to be so high speed. But me and Joe talked about how it's kind of like we think that they're paying an homage to like kind of Indiana Jones, yeah, you know, seven like se- 60s, 70s chase scenes where it's like not super fast paced. And also, Joe, uh, Joe brought up like there's one shot where the really hot girl on uh, the really hot cyborg girl jumps yeah. from one building to another on the bike. We think that's just a direct that's scene like a from Bond Indiana Jones. Thing. Yeah, I think it's from it's a direct reference to the motorcycle chase in the Last Crusade when they're um, when Indy and his dad are uh, running toward the boathouse mm-hmm. on the motorcycle, and he like he goes up the ramp like into the tree line and then he jumps down in front of the 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 Nazis on the bikes and then <laughs> and then he like uh, I forget what ha- like 
I forget what happened, but they ran into a guard post on the road. It was really is a great chase scene. I yep, Mitch gets it. I I really me and you, me and you. I really do like um. I love the cyborgs because yeah, we haven't got we have not got a lot of cyborg stuff in yeah. general in Star Wars. So them bringing that in is super mm. cool. British cyberpunk biker team. Yeah, yeah, the mods the mods feel like they were like in the best way possible. They re- feel like they were ripped right out of CDPR's um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Like yeah. they feel like fleshed outside characters. Like I feel like I'm talking to an a- like not that I'm talking, but I feel like they're actual characters that I would meet in like a string of side quests in cyberpunk like it was really really cool and i think they're it's really interesting that there's more than one perspective on cybernetics because before that cybernetics were only seen as a necessity yeah like luke and anakin's hands yeah. Yeah. and that and maul's legs and, like, and that's all i yeah. can think it's, of it's really cool that they're like they're modding and i kind of like fennec's reaction when she's oh, like yeah. what did you do to me because i would also be terrified oh, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's like had experience with mods before is like a good like oh he knows what's up he knows how to deal with these kids okay and also from where we are now I think we're done with, with the flashback, flashback scenes yeah. yeah I think so too um because I said yesterday because we saw him kill Bib Fortuna in the flashback scene again so more than likely that's sort of being like a book end to, to the, the flashbacks because mm-hmm. yeah. also yeah. we figured out that Boba was in the Sarlacc pit for several years yeah like it wasn't just a couple days yeah he was in there for a hot minute um. But now, like, yeah. now the flashbacks are done because the Tusk, the Tuscan story is unfortunately gone. I thought I was really hoping that Boba would have done his own thing, and then like, because now there's like this upcoming war with the Pikes that yeah. the Tuscans would have come and helped. Ma- that still is a possibility well, from another. Yeah, because there's other tribes. Yeah, but also there was the one warrior woman who is still alive, if my she memory is? serves. Yeah, I thought she. There All was... I know is that the baby is dead, and I'm really yeah, sad. Yeah, that made sad. me sad. The baby and his uh, his rept- reptile dog are dead. Massive. massive yeah, the massive. But like Boba throws his little yeah. stick in in the uh, yeah in the fire, and I was like, no, the baby. And so, then Nick sends me a really sad edit on TikTok of like uh, some sad music with like all the clips of the baby. Aww. I sent you that really. I showed you that really cute fan art though. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I. I Oh, sorry. No, I, I was gonna be like, I remember he was just kind of like a little jerk in like the first episode. I'm like, I hate this kid. I would like kick him in the face. But she does. Yeah, I I felt the same, and then he grew on me. But and then I was really sad about him. But like, just to kind of circle back for a quick second, the mm-hmm. music in the mod den when yeah. Boba oh brings Fennec, that once again feels like it was ripped out of Cyberpunk, but in the best way possible because <laughs> I think. Like Star Wars is rust punk, like sci-fi rust punk. But that rem- like that j- you say not just kind of reminds me because it's very not Star Wars because yeah when George Lucas and John Williams were working on the soundtrack for A New Hope, mm-hmm. George Lucas says I don't want s- synth, don't give me synth music. Yeah. So John Williams made orchestral music, which is some of the most best and memorable soundtracks in all of cinematic history. Like there's so many iconic musical motifs. Oh my god. I yeah, know. we know, we know. My music motifs. <laughs> um, I could talk about that all day. Uh, I did one time. But it it's very not Star Wars, but I do love it. Mm. Yeah, that that brings it back to what Freddie yeah. Prince said in an interview, you know, um, of course, not 
repeating the expletives, but he said that like Star Wars was for when you were a kid and you're, you know, some people are just mad that it's changing because it's not growing up with them. But now it's for a different generation of kids and it's modernizing. Oh, I, I love that interview yeah. with him because yeah. he's just cursing up a storm. Yeah. He, he's like, it's, he's like, it's not meant for you. It's meant for children. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he, like, he brought up a good point where he said that like, it's changing because the, like, this is for a different generation of kids now. And it's like Star Wars is kind of... We, we can see in the introduction of the mod gang and the mod den with the music and all that, that Star Wars is modernizing in its own unique and I think natural way. Mm-hmm. It's very much changing in universe because societies and cultures change. That's a thing in history. I don't want to go too much into it, but it's like culture is a living, breathing thing just like people are. Yeah. And the culture, like, before that, we only had the, you know, the music, the the one genre of music in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, you know, the cantina music. But can, can I please say the, what that, that genre I is think called? We I, should, I, was, I don't know if we should be all right to say it. I'm not it's sure. It's a fictional word, but it does have it's a It's not pejor- really kind of a fictional yeah, word. Yeah, it, it has a pejorative slang. It, it, in our world, it has a pejorative slang, but yeah. oh, I really want to say Yeah, but know. You, you know the it, music I'm talking about. It's jazz, but replace the A with an, an I. I. Yeah, it is very funny. I'm I, in I don't Spain know. without the I, without the A. You're in, in Spain. Spain. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, now we have this synth mute because like, I mean, we saw it too with the Clone Wars because the Clone Wars was produced and it started in 2008 and it was produced through the early 2010s up until, of course, season seven came out a couple of years after the show was uh, taken off. You know, we saw that in the soundtrack, there was a lot of use of guitar, like mm-hmm. metal guitar. Yeah. And that kind of was like, you know, the mo- one, of, one of the most popular genres of the time besides, of course, like rap and hip hop because that seems to ever since the 90s have been like really really you know just ever present a lot of a lot of sci-fi was influenced at that time and science fantasy too was like influenced by rock and metal and stuff like that and it's like now we're getting this cyberpunk dystopian synth wave sort of thing and it's like a sign of the times i think it's really really interesting how that's happening also just a fun point i really love the book of boba fett theme oh yeah, yeah. It, ludwig goranson just kills it with all of the live action star wars stuff also, oh yeah can we talk about like the death trooper theme dude I oh love the it. dark troopers oh sorry the dark yeah, trooper theme yeah. in, uh, they're Mandalorian. not dead <laughs> no the death troopers are from uh, rogue one yeah uh, um, I, I listen to that when i'm lifting it's like it just gets me going also just like a um like a little side note about the theme that feels very tuscan raidery mm. like I, I don't want to use the word in like I don't know if like I want to use the word indigenous sounding, but well, it does sound like it's taken from because like you know just like like the chanting is like very kind of um it's very primal and yeah that's like you know kind of I I guess it, it like taps into this sort of feeling of it's s- it's very earthy sounding yeah that's the best that is the best way I could describe the book of Boba Fett theme is it sounds yeah. very earthy. Because, like, I, I have no real, I like, I don't have really credentials to talk about Maori culture, but I do know that they do, you know, from what I've studied, because I did take a couple of classes, like, studying other cultures, and they are a culture that's interested me significantly. You know, they do do chants, you know, haka dances and, mm-hmm. and ch- war chants and stuff like that. And Timur Morrison is Maori, and he said that, like, you know, I really, he was really excited to inject his culture into Star Wars and as much as the Tuscans, I think, are an allegory for Native Americans now, with their land being continuously colonized and stolen, yeah, they're also an allegory for Maori people because that happened the same to them yeah, and the that, same yeah. to the Aboriginal people in Australia as it did to the you know the natives in America here. 
And I, I just, I'm gonna well, wrap yeah, up let's with wrap like it the, up with the, with the, with the break. Yeah, just with the book of Boba Fett talk. I just want to wrap that up quick with the Mandalorian sting. Oh my god. Yeah. I was, I got chills. I was like, he's coming. He's coming into book of Boba Fett. And so here's my theory with that. So since we're done with the flashbacks, we may just do the entire Pike War. Yeah. In the rest of the four episodes. And it'll like lead into. And it will either finish in Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett's just going to be the one-off, and then it's going to lead into Book of, uh, sorry, Mandalorian Season 3, but we all know, I've been really hoping, Yeah. I need Omega to show up in the Book of Boba Fett. I know. I have such a great need, if this does, I'm, uh, I You're going to be upset. You keep hoping. Because it would make so much sense, because we were talking about this the other night. Yeah, yeah. Because Fennec Shand... Was in, in Bad Batch. In Bad Batch and had direct connect, had a direct contact with Omega. Boba is mentioned in Bad Batch because he's Alpha. Yeah, and yeah. He, he's also mentioned as Boba Fett, yeah. like by name. I feel like they're establishing, it could be a long shot, I feel like they're establishing a little bit of a connection. I would yeah. say the only reason it might not happen is I feel like Mandalorian Season 2 was made before Bad Batch was made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. That's the only reason I think it might not happen. I have two kind of theories about that. Like, um, I think they're setting up Omega to be sort of another Ahsoka, where she's like ever, beca- like she gets a lot of development and she's ever present, like on In the multiple sidelines. Series. Yeah, yeah. And like when she does, I think they're gonna they're not gonna build up the payoff for a live action Omega as much as like as long as they did for Ahsoka because. As much as the hype was kind of worth it for Ahsoka, I think they did wait a little too long. Mm-hmm. Like, it was mostly worth it, but I think the payoff was, like, it was th- they cyberpunked us a little bit with a wait too long. <laughs> you know, Thanks. that's that's my new uh, term for, like, waiting too long for things. As cyberpunking. Like, yeah. the sandwich shop. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... I, I think Omega's being set up for the next Ahsoka, to be the next Ahsoka in a way like you know she's gonna be a big player in you a know, lot of shows. Yeah, a lot of yeah. character stories, but not so much galactic events. All right, so let's let's go Long and break, break for a little bit, and then we'll come back with mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more Book of Boba Fett talk. <laughs> but we're gonna be talking about uh, more things like Ruby and the Scream TV show and uh, Drag Race season fourteen. Yes. Sorry, so we'll be right back. Bye. Bye. You're back with Phantom Pair with Sam and Midge and awesome. Joe and Sean. Oh, there's so many people here. Oh my god. Uh, we were just are. we were just talking about Book of Boba Fett and Joe had asked me while we were on break if she could talk about uh, Black Crescent for a second. And it's uh sorry, his tie in to War of the Bounty Hunters. So uh, War of the Bounty Hunters is a comic series that is I think just ending now about um between Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Boba Fett loses Han Solo, and then he gets a bounty placed on him, and basically everybody wants to claim the bounty on the number one bounty hunter in the galaxy. Um, Chrysanthemum and Boba face off in that at one point. There's My favorite part is Dr. Aphra and Dirge teaming up, and then she double-crosses him, because that is just her character. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but I think the reason... The reason the interaction between them felt like they knew each other was because of that comic, and you know it kind of would confuse anybody who didn't watch, but I f- or read the comic rather. I feel like they're padding out. They're they're gonna bleed this into Mando season three, or oh. they're gonna just like kind of they're gonna make Mando season three take place after this. I'm sorry, Dirge is in that Dirge. Yeah, 
this guy from the 2003 oh. uh, Clone Wars. The which, big dude. Oh, that dude. Which is one of my favorite parts of 2003 Clone Wars. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's one of my favorite he cool scenes. He was, he's canonized, and I think now he's like... Like, she did not kill him. That is for sure, because they did not bring him in War of the Bounty Hunters just to kill him off. Just saying that. But, like... Um, like I was saying before, Chrysanthemum is a complete, like, he's the coolest. I think I think we're going to kind of get uh, an homage to War of the Bounty Hunters, and I really hope, I really hope Bosk joins on the side of the Pikes, because Bosk and Boba Bosque. have, like, this love-hate relationship where he's kind of like Boba's mentor, but he also has double-crossed Boba on, like, three separate occasions in Legends, and I think in canon it's only one or That'd two. That'd be really cool. Cad Bane shows up. <laughs> yeah, Cad, like, Cad Bane, Bosk, and... A co- like a couple of other can't can't be Aura. She's dead. Yeah, no, she I'm... she dead. Dead. Uh, what's his face? Uh... Guy from Solo Killed Her. What's yeah. um? Oh my god, I forgot his character. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson killed yeah, her. Yeah. What's what's his name? I forgot Woody. Tobias Harrelson. Beckett. Tobias Beckett. Beckett pushed her off, like pushed her over a railing. <laughs> yeah, he like pushed her off a cliff. I think originally they were supposed to kill her in Clone Wars in the episode on Florum where they shot down Slave oh, One. Yeah. They should have. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like. <laughs> I did not like Aura. She had a rancid vibes. I liked her. I liked her for where she was. I don't really think she. There needed to be that episode where but she tried killing Padme. I just that's just me. But yeah. also, Kotor tie in with a uh, Black Chrysanthemum because I don't, I know you two weren't really paying attention yeah, when I was sorry. on Kashyyyk and stuff. Kashyyyk is boring. I know. <laughs> I played it like seven different times. Kashyyyk is always boring. Dread going to that planet. But anyway. There is a point where you go into the Shadowlands when you're looking for like the second star map, and you find a Mad Claw, which is basically so Wookies have obviously claws, but it's kind of just frowned upon to like fight with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they ever explain why Black Chrysanthemum is basically exiled from Kashyyyk, but I think people theorize that he was a Mad Claw and like fought with his claws, and like that's very like dishonorable. Mm-hmm. But I. I remember like hearing a video where like mm. they theorized that he was a Mad Claw, but like I don't know if that okay. ever yeah. was really explained. But I thought that was a fun tie into Kotor, my favorite game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when when um when Garsha Flip called him a gladiator, that's also a reference to the War of the Bounty Hunters because it does kind of go into his backstory. He used to be a pit fighter, and when she was talking about his knuckle oh, dusters, she oh, didn't the, the, the hot Twi'lek lady. Yeah, Garsha. Yeah, I love her. Love Sam her. Sam is just having She's a moment. She's so fun. She's, I love her. She is a she's a fine glass of red wine, but uh, pink wine, pink wine. <laughs> fine glass of rosé. Rosé, yeah. yeah better. But like, um, also her his knuckle duster. She wasn't just talking about the electro knuckles on his hand. He has bone implant. He has metal implants in his knuckles that he used to use to like bludgeon his opponents in the arena. Oh yeah, he was brutal. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I just want to wrap up with Star Wars talk because he's been bludgeoning his opponents in the arena. Oh yeah, he was brutal. Yeah, okay. I love it. I just want to wrap up with Star Wars talk because he's been. Uh, hello. I bet you're wondering, hey, Midge, where's the rest of the show? Because you guys did an outro. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's for next time. Um, so the answer to that question is that we now have a two-hour time slot for our radio show, which you can listen to on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair if you are within, I believe, five miles of uh, our lovely little uh, uh, university. Um, or you can listen to it on WMSCRadio.com or iHeartRadio. Um, and uh, you can find out 
Oh, by the way, it's 2 to 4 p.m. Sundays now. 2 to 4 p.m. EST, so, uh, figure out the conversions yourself. I'm not here to do that for you. <laughs> so, if you want to know when we're going live or when a new episode is going up, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E, Fandom Fair. And our Instagram is Fandom, everything M from F to M, underscore everything from F to E. Fandom Fair, because someone took the Fandom Fair without the underscore name on Instagram, and I have a vendetta against them. Whoever you are, I will come and find you. I'm joking. No, I have no ability to do that. So... Um, you'll be getting the second part of this, uh, spring media talk, um, I guess in two weeks, if I remember our schedule right, <laughs> um, but if, he, uh, you also don't remember our schedule, just keep a lookout on our social media, mostly the Twitter, um, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, brush your teeth, clean your sheets, and take a shower, you are kinda stinky, bud, um, get some water, Eat some food and have a lovely day. Bye. Order. Eat some food and have a lovely day. Bye.